We are Multicultural Young Adult Advisory Board, and this is our Minnesota. In our second episode, our board members continue their discussion on the internet and how it has impacted our mental health. We further expand on how different cultural identities can impact one's mental health experiences. I think you kind of touched on something really important there, which is um, this idea that, um, I don't know, sometimes I scroll through TikTok and I'll have someone do like, I'll see one of those like POV videos and someone will describe an experience that I thought was just me because it's very weird and very niche. And I realized that there's 8 billion people on this planet and I've never had an original (laughs) thought in my life. (laughs) And it makes me feel great. Um, Until then somebody pops up on the screen and is like, is this you? You have dissociative identity disorder or whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, are you telling me Mm -hmm. I'm not well? (laughs) Um, And so I think you touched on something important, which is like, is this something that's difficult for you? Is this something that you're struggling with? Is this something that like, it is a very niche quirk of yours and it it has made things difficult for you. It, It has made you feel, it has made you suffer at some point. Is this something that you are struggling with or combating? Or is this just like a niche sort of behavior that you have that is not negatively, you know, impeding you or impacting your ability to lead a successful and fulfilling life in any way. Um, Cause I, I do think, you know, kind of touching back on what was said, like it is a double-edged sword on the one hand, it is really nice to feel that sense of community. But on the other hand, you know, everybody thinks that they have ADHD because they get distracted sometimes. But the reality is that we live in a world of sound bites. And I don't really know if any of us are capable of having a, a really nice attention span at this point. And I, think for some of us, that is more nurture than it is nature, right? And really identifying when that is the case is incredibly crucial towards, you know, not invalidating the experience of individuals who actually do suffer from ADHD and, you know, who really do struggle to actually pay attention or, you know, with memory type things and all of the other symptoms that go along with that. Um, And it is like, I don't really know that there is an answer like I it doesn't feel like it's not as simple as being like oh you know only mental health professionals should be allowed to talk about these things because not only mental health professionals experience these things you know and sometimes like you just said Reem like the internet is the only source that we have especially you know if you live in a community that kind of shuns seeking mental health care or for whatever reason it struggles to get access to mental health care um so I guess it just kind of comes down to like, be careful on the internet. I don't know, which is like not super helpful advice, but it is something that I have been thinking about a lot lately, especially with TikTok, especially with TikTok, because TikTok is always telling me that I have a new mental disorder every single day. And I just am like, can I please catch mm-hmm. a break? Like, <laughs> I think um, I'm really grateful for the space and for this conversation. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges that have I have encountered as I as, as doing this work in this role, specifically to be in connection with multicultural communities, first of all, but, the, but who is multicultural community, you know, to be in conversation with 
non-white communities about mental health, just realizing the sensitivity of language and why that is some why having conversations around mental health and mental illness is such a nope, we're not gonna talk about that. Because when you begin to say the word mental illness, there's an immediate there's an immediate image that came, comes to mind. There is a person who is in a residential facility who is being bound and who is being sedated because they are uncontrollable and they are violent. That is the image that comes to mind when we begin to use language around mental illness. And that is a product of a lot of stereotypes, a product of a lot of misinformation and just even misrepresentation of mental health and mental illness in the media. But also just recognizing, as we talked about the empowering part of, of labels and being able to identify really in this work, realizing the awareness that has come to having a label or to being associated with a thing that when we're having conversations with certain communities, you'd rather say if a person is unwell rather than particularly point out the fact that this person might be having a mental health condition or a mental illness in the way that language covers and is overall, but also feels like if you use this word that is the right word and it's mental illness, then it puts me in a box and that just that makes other people decide how they how they're mm. going to treat me. It's it's and it's also the way we've seen different people um, and people of color who have had diagnosis and how that has been attributed, how that has been, how having that diagnosis has become something that then confirms something about them that is negative, never the positive, confirms mostly negative traits or is like permission to attribute negative traits to people because we are using certain language and also just realizing the history of language and even the fact that we're using English that is at the point of it why we are all speaking English at the roots of it being colonization and colonialism and just the ownership of and the preference of one language over others and just also realizing that in creation of this label many times language others it others other people it creates a home for people and then it, it others others and unfortunately we fall in a box all of us in this call might fall in the box of the people who are othered um by language and so just also realizing you said something reem about people who give the labels realizing the privilege and um the power dynamic that exists on being able to ascribe a label to someone else versus somebody being able to ascribe a label to themselves i think it's even that there are some people who have the privilege of ascribing a label to themselves that will be validated it will be accepted versus for others it will be like no who told you that you can't just become a thing so then just realizing who because of the power dynamic that exists with language it also feels like a bit of gatekeeping on who gets to give a label or whose label gets mm -hmm. to be accepted or whose label gets to be wow this is this is a layered concept it's not just boop, putting a word on you and that is what you are can i just say this whole conversation um reminds me of something we all talked about earlier and is like really bringing me back to why i am so fascinated by the research into a more dimensional approach of categorizing mental mm -hmm. health because 
it really does come to this thing where, you know, either a therapist or mental health professional tells you, or you tell a mental health professional or another person, right? Like, I think I have depression, but it's like, what does that mean to you? What does that mean given your, you know, personal experiences, your community experiences? What does that mean? Like, how, how are you feeling? You know, like, do, do you have depression because you no longer have interest in the things that you used to have interest in? Is it, is it expressing itself as just this constant irritability or this existentialism? Like, is it that you're having mm-hmm. trouble sleeping or you're sleeping too much or you're having trouble eating or you're eating too much? And all of this stems from this emotional state of mind. Like it really, at the end of the day, like what depression means to me versus to my therapist versus to my mom are three completely different definitions of the word. And just saying I have depression does not put us all on the same page of how best to support me. Um, Which, and again, like, you know, when we talked about it earlier, I did say, you know, obviously there's like insurance things and like other complications and medication things. And like, that's why we categorize things the way we do and we label things the way we do. But I think sometimes at like the core of those mental health conversations, like the real, the real work in like promoting your own wellness and advocating for your own wellness and supporting others wellness comes not just from saying like, I have this or I am this, but like, this is how it makes me feel. And this is what I need to be successful Mm -hmm. right now. Um, And I just think that like dimensional approaches, obviously there's still so much that need to be figured out. That's why it's in the back of the DSM. (laughs) But I just think that they do such a better job of like capturing that and that sort of individualized care. Mm 